We are in uh, Romans chapter 1, just beginning our study through this wonderful book. There's an old story of a very wealthy man who had many valuable art treasures. His only son was quite ordinary, but dearly loved by the father. And when the son died as a young man unexpectedly, the, the father was so deeply grieved that he too died a few months later. And the father's will stipulated that at his death, all his art collection was to be auctioned at, uh, at public auction. And he specified that on the day of the auction, a, a painting of his son was to be the first item to be to be auctioned. And so the, the day the auction came, the painting was uh, displayed and uh, there were no bids. The, uh, the son and the artist of the, the painting were both relatively unknown and there just seemed to be no interest. But finally, one older gentleman who had been a, a servant in the household and a friend of the father and the son bid $75, all that he had. There were no other bids. And so he was given the painting. He, he got it. But the auction was uh, stopped at that point as an official read the rest of the father's will, which said, whoever loved the son enough to want that painting automatically gets the entire estate. And so it's a, a touching illustration of how our Heavenly Father views those who love His Son, those who receive His Son and Him. They, they inherit all. It's by God's grace Last week as we looked at the, uh, the beginning of Romans and the message of the gospel, we saw how it was focused in concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we continue that, that message of the gospel today, the, the focus uh, today is more on the grace of the gospel. Ephesians 1 says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And it's by His grace that He, he does so. so. So we're looking at verses 5 through 7 in Romans 1 today. If you look at that with me. Through Him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name. Among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, first of all, we have the provision of grace. Verse 5 says, uh, Through Him we have received grace. Through Jesus Christ. As the, the last section uh, 
highlighted the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and ends with that note. So now verse 5, through him, through Jesus Christ, we, we received grace. Uh, in fact, this whole section itself begins and ends with that. Through him we have received grace. And then the end of verse 7, grace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. And it, it's fitting that this whole section as well as our whole spiritual life be, begins and ends with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the channel of grace. If, if God the Father is the source, Christ is the channel of grace. It is through Him that all blessings flow. And without Him, there is no grace. No grace to be found outside of the person of Jesus Christ. But with Him and through Him is grace unmeasurable. Through Him, through Jesus Christ, we have received grace. Grace is is the love of God reaching down into the, the fire and plucking us out and holding us close. There's a, an acronym that has long been used for the word grace itself, G-R-A-C-E, uh, could mean God's riches at Christ's expense. And that's, that's a great way to think of it. That's how God extended his riches toward us at, at the expense of his own son, grace is given. Grace is, is the gospel in a single word. And through him we have received grace. We have, we have received is a reminder of, of Paul throughout his, his writings that grace is always a gift. It's never something that we can earn, work for. It is, it's received Grace has received a, a grace gift from God. So the provision of grace is through Jesus Christ, through whom we have received it. He talks about uh, a couple of purposes of grace as well in verse 5. Through him we have received grace and apostleship. Uh, by the way, it probably means for Paul, grace for apostleship as he had just said before he was called to be an apostle we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name <clears throat> that we have received grace not just to be a ticket to heaven uh, not just to uh, have a better life on earth but it is a, a calling while on earth. It, it's true that grace leads to an afterlife, but grace also gives purpose to the present life for obedience to the faith. Our, our purpose in life is found in our obedience to Jesus. Because as Paul says several times in these opening verses, Jesus Christ our Lord, he is pointing to and highlighting the, the lordship of Christ over our lives. So he has that rightful place of lordship that implies our rightful obedience to him. Remember those uh, childhood games like follow the leader? 
you know, someone would do something crazy, uh, flapping their arms and whatever, and whoever was following after them would do the same thing, following the leader, exactly what they're doing. <clears throat> How come that doesn't work with Jesus? Jesus said, come, follow me. And we sit back in our easy chair and say, I am following you, Lord, in my heart. I'm following you here. We have received grace for obedience to the faith. And Paul says, obedience is specifically to the faith. And the words faith and obedience are closely entwined like a, a strong cord bound together. It is an obedience lived out in faith. It is, is a, it, rather, it's an obedience rooted in faith and a faith lived out in obedience. Uh, so I have in your, your outline there a very familiar passage of Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. <clears throat> For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. And often that passage is ended there for the for the focus on grace and faith, but notice verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In the same way that, that Paul had said earlier in that book of Ephesians that uh, before the foundation of the world we had been uh, adopted in the beloved chosen in him so that so our works we are his workmanship created for the good works that God has purposed for us he has certain things he wants to do in you and through you he has purposed beforehand to work out through you and it's through the obedience to the the faith that God works out his his will through us and uses us as his instruments so for obedience to the faith for his name the grace that is extended to us and the obedience to the faith which we are called to both serve an even higher purpose that is it's, it's for his namesake the obedience to the faith is not just so that uh, we can have a better society and, and be an influence on our, our culture, although that's a good thing. It's not just so we can have a better reputation, although having a good name is to be preferred above silver and gold, Proverbs says. Those are good things. But the, the higher, most noble purpose of obedience to the faith is for his name's sake. Or for a moment, if you could just think about it in, on the other side. That is, that a lack of obedience to the faith, what does that say about his name? What, what kind of mark does that make on his reputation? You see, it's obedience to the faith for his name's sake. It is, it is for him. 
the one who has loved us and given his life for us. It it is for him. Obedience to the faith for him and for his name's sake. That is for his reputation. We should be very concerned about making his name great. Displaying his name throughout this world as wonderful, marvelous Savior. Our gracious God lifting high the name of Christ. And how do we do that? By walking in his ways, by obedience to the faith for his namesake. The parameters of grace, verse uh, 6 and 7 